This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmaker.fm slash platform. That's rainmaker.fm slash platform. Greetings, super friends. My name is Sonia Simone, and these are the confessions of a pink-haired marketer. For those of you who might not know me yet, I'm a co-founder and the chief content officer for Rainmaker Digital. I'm also a champion of running your business and your life according to your own rules. As long as you don't lie and you don't hurt people, this podcast is your official pink permission slip to run your business or your career exactly the way you think you should. As always, there are always links to extra resources and extra material in the show notes. You can always find those by going to pinkhairedmarketer.fm, and that will get you to the notes for every show and the complete archive of shows. So this is kind of fun and interesting today. Um, I wanted to let you know about a project that my friend Julie Ann Cairns has been working on lately. Uh, that involves me and that is launching this month. So it's not a course and it's not a product. It's actually a film. It's a, a an interview-based documentary called The Abundance Code. And it captures some thoughts and some insights from a diverse group. I think there are 17 people featured in the film of people who have figured out how to put something together in terms of a business, in terms of, you know, living a more of a life that they wanted to lead. And more or less, it's about how to cultivate more luck and more opportunity, given whatever the circumstances might be that you that you have in front of you. So I want to take a minute just to let you know why um, I value Julie so much. I will try not to gush because she is a dear friend and I think she's wonderful. Um, Julie is more on the woo-woo kind of spectrum than I am. And I know that there are a couple of you right now who are wondering, like, is that even possible? Um, and interestingly, she's also very analytical. Uh, her background is in finance. And so she has a finance degree. She won a prestigious scholarship uh, to go to Japan and study finance while she was in school there. She actually founded and ran an English school while she was attending um, university in Japan. Uh, she worked in the banking industry for quite a while. And then for many, many years, she ran an educational site for the financial markets. So there's a lot of numbers in Julie's background and a lot of analysis of numbers in her background. And Julie has a skill that I always find fascinating when I see it. And maybe you do too, partly because it's it hasn't, you know, it wasn't like a major part of how I grew up, which is she really understands money. She understands how money goes from point A to point B. She understands why. Um, you know, whether we're talking about the stock market or business or just our individual relationship with money, she um she just has developed good instincts for money through working with it and thinking about it seriously for a lot of years. And I always find that's interesting because, you know, money has a lot of energy. Money is a, a very interesting and complicated and important form of human communication. 
Um, and so people who have a really good head for money always fascinate me. And then unlike what we might have a stereotype of among people who are, you know, good with money or smart about money, she's very intuitive and she's very open to what we might call the non-linear traditions. She's a very open-hearted person. She's a very open-minded person. Um, and so she's got that combination of being very intuitive and very comfortable with, you know, some kind of things that are fuzzy or not so linear. And then she combines that with being extremely clear-headed and extremely analytical and I've always found it fascinating. Uh, she and I were in a business group together. We've talked a lot about our businesses and how they work and why they work. And she's just a really interesting combination. Plus, she's like a lovely person. She's just somebody I'm really grateful for her friendship. So I'm talking, Julie, up to you because I have been interviewed for her film, The Abundance Code. And I haven't seen the edit yet. Um but apparently I'm, there's quite a few segments of that pink-haired lady in there, uh, and the launch date is coming up in a couple of weeks. So I thought I'd let you guys know about it and kind of, I don't know, give you my take on the topic of the film. So I had never done a project like this before. The way it worked was a really lovely guy came to my house. I think he was here for about six hours, and um, I was just having a conversation with Julie. She was actually on Skype on a laptop, and I was, so I, I was like, talking to her, you know, we did a video Skype about business and what I think makes the difference for people and what I think might've made the difference for me. And, you know, the kind of things I talk about a lot on this podcast. So I know what I said, but these kind of things all come together in the editing process as something larger. Like I said, I'm one of 17 voices. So I'm very curious to see how it works. Um, I do think there's probably going to be some very interesting diversity of opinion in the film. You know, I think it's likely that there will be people who feel differently than I do about things, which is totally okay. I think that's a strength. I do have some other really close friends in this film, Bill O'Hanlon. And Bill, I interviewed for this podcast fairly early on. I'll give you a link to that in the show notes. My friend Ruth Bazinski, Ruth... Um, is a therapist. She's also a very, very savvy business owner. And she's a person I really turn to when I'm lost or confused in my business and not feeling like I can see the path. And she's so wise. I really, really value her. Uh, JB Glossinger, and I interviewed JB as well. He's one of those, like, he's so positive, you want to kind of thump him. Um, and at the same time, he is so raw and real about times in his life and his business when things were really not good. He's a good, deeply good guy. Victoria LeBalm, um, she ran a speaking workshop that you guys probably heard me gush about. Uh, my friend Jeff Walker, he owns Product Lunch Formula. You've probably seen him around the web. So in honor of the film, I thought I would talk today about how I see this concept of abundance or luck or opportunity. So they are doing a worldwide free premiere of the movie. Um, you can sign up for that at theabundancecode.com. I know that they are planning on making an additional offer at the end of the movie, but it's it's not going to be weird and it's not going to be expensive. And, you know, the movie is going to be valuable whether or not you decide that you want to take them up um, on the paid version. Uh, so they're not going to do a weird hard sell on you. But, you know, full disclosure, I know that they're going to make an offer. And if you want to go deeper and that feels appropriate, then then that's great. 
The main thing, and I know I've talked with Julie and also with Michael Maidens, who did the production of the film, um, that they really want to sell is just the set of ideas, you know, how to work and take care of ourselves in a healthier way that's more productive, that's more positive, that's more beneficial, you know, to the planet and the people who live on the planet, um, all that good stuff. All right, so let's talk about abundance and what that might mean. And I want to start off by talking about what, for me, it just absolutely does not mean. I think the first thing that comes up for so many people when they hear this word, this is kind of a buzzword in the, you know, the self-help community, is this movie, The Secret, and the idea that if you visualize it, then it's going to, uh, the term that's often used is manifest. So you just have to wish hard enough and you have to ask in the right way. And there's kind of a like mother may I, you know, process. So if you ask the right way, you'll get it. And if you don't ask the right way, you won't get it. And then the universe becomes your all-powerful mommy and gives you millions of dollars and perfect health and beautiful relationships. And you never have a problem again. anybody who's older than about four years old knows this is a lie, right? So I actually happen to be um, offended by this idea because obviously we have seven or eight billion people on the planet right now. And a lot of those people are not in good situations. Some of them are in quite bad situations and they didn't get there because there was something wrong with their mindset. You know, bad things don't happen in life because we invited it by thinking wrong thoughts. It's toxic. It's a toxic viewpoint, plus also wrong. So has two strikes against it. So when I talk about luck and good fortune and, and becoming luckier, becoming a luckier person, becoming, you know, creating more abundance, it has nothing to do with an idea that somehow we're entitled to something special um, that there's some kind of cosmic justice that owes us something. Because I just think that's childish and silly and uh, quite counterproductive. So here's the element of this whole abundance idea that I think it can get overlooked, and it's actually quite pragmatic. So right now you're listening to a podcast, and there are certain things implied with that, right? You have access to the internet. You have a couple of minutes of free time, even if you're maybe um, driving or walking the dog or what have you, you have some kind of a device that plays podcasts, you know, you have some things going for you because you live in a technologically advanced society. So I'm going to talk about a fascinating study, and you guys know me and my studies. Um, I read all of these books about psychology and brain science, and I find the studies fascinating, and then I probably get all the details kind of slightly off. So Sorry, I'm pretty sure I read about this one in Martin Seligman's book, Learned Optimism, which is very solid. So here's the paraphrase, and if I fuzz the details, um, I apologize. But here's, the, here's the, the idea. A group of students is recruited, and before they get started, they are sorted out into groups. So they ask the students, would you describe yourself as a lucky person or an unlucky person? And they just keep that um, handy. And then they give every one of them the same newspaper. And they are told 
that when they find a specific short piece of code, a little piece of text code, then they get $20. So sit here with this newspaper. For those of you youngsters, that's a large paper object that we used to use to communicate the news with. And um, the code is in tiny text, and let's say it's on page 17 of the newspaper. But on page 2, there's a large ad, like a big kind of a quarter-page display ad, very prominent, and it says, you don't have to keep looking, here's the code. Right away, as you're flipping through the newspaper. So, what happens? The unlucky people and the lucky people all find the code. Everybody gets $20. But the people who think of themselves and describe themselves as lucky overwhelmingly see the ad, keeping in mind it's a lot more prominent than the real code is. It's quite big. And they get to the $20 in like under a minute. And the people who describe themselves as being unlucky overwhelmingly pour through the entire paper before they find the code. They find the code, the tiny little hard-to-find code that's on page 17. So given the exact same set of circumstances, the same newspaper, and the same instructions, the people who thought that they were lucky found some luck, probably because they said to themselves, you know, I wonder if my usual good luck is going to hold out here. Let me just take a quick look for maybe I might get lucky. And the unlucky people never looked for it, and they didn't see it even though it was more prominent than the thing that they were looking for. They got tunnel vision, and they they scrounged through the paper for the tiny text um, and just just literally didn't see the, the bigger announcement. And for me, that study in a nutshell explains how I think about, um, about good luck, but more than that, about getting luckier. So I just finished, this name is going to challenge me and I'm going to do my best with it, Raj uh, Ragunatan. I think Ragunatan, something like that is how it's pronounced. His book is called, If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Happy? What an awesome title. Great clickbait, Raj. Um, and that's based, he has a really popular Coursera course on happiness. Uh, and it's it's quite a good book. It has a lot of exercises. It's very pragmatic in the approach. Um, it's a good one to pick up. I recommend it. And here's what he had to say about our beliefs, about whether or not life or the universe or whatever the label is you might use is in its nature benign, indifferent, or hostile. So here's a quote. The belief that life can be trusted and the associated belief that everything happens for the best isn't any less scientifically valid than are the competing beliefs that life is indifferent or that life is malign and can't be trusted. So in other words, if you look at the mass of the evidence, you can really argue for any one of those viewpoints um, because it is fundamentally not really a scientific question. And so science is not, you know, going to be a great way to come to an answer. So here's the part that I found useful and I think that we can benefit from. Quoting again, what can be proven is that from a utilitarian perspective, that is, from the perspective of maximizing happiness, it is better to believe that life is benign than it is to believe otherwise. So in other words, what's the big T truth? Well, you could argue a lot of different ways, but the more pragmatic might as well go with this one is that if you just if you choose to believe that life is benign, then that has benefits. That just has pragmatic benefits. And I think that that's because of this mechanism that we tend to see what we're looking for. 
There's so much of the environment, and this has always been true, that is irrelevant. So, you know, if you think about ancient hunter-gathering people, we're looking for the signs that are going to lead us to what we want and what we need. So a successful hunt, a site that has fresh water, uh, you know, someplace where there are always some good berries that grow. Or in the 21st century, you know, where is there some more success? Where can I find a bigger audience? Where can I have a better career or a better business? How can I get more satisfying relationships with the people who are in my life? You know, all the good stuff that we want. We tune out what doesn't matter and we look for certain signals and we will tend to see the signals that we're looking for. So in my opinion, it's really important to stop believing in magic. You know, the belief that the universe is abundant and will magically take care of us all does not work for me. A, because it's not consistent with my observations and B, because if something that's not too good happens, then we start to carry along a toxic sub-message that somehow we had a bad thought and we made the bad thing happen. But contrasting that with the belief that there's more out there than I'm seeing right now, and if I start to look for it, I have a very good chance of finding something beneficial. That's when I can get behind, because that one is consistent with my observations in my own life, but in other people's life as well. And because the sub-message there is, well, if I haven't seen it yet, I'm going to keep looking because there are a lot of possibilities that I haven't run into yet, and I'm, there might be something in front of me that I'm just not noticing. So I'm going to look harder and keep trying and keep working and keep taking action. You know, it always comes with um, paying attention and hard work and doing our best and taking consistent action, even if that action is small. So we're not sitting around waiting for some kind of external force to quote-unquote manifest and start showering goodies on us. We're finding a path. We're exploring some options. We're taking action. We're observing carefully. And we're keeping a good outlook without being delusional about it. So for me, that has been empowering and useful and actually really satisfying. You know, finding a path is more satisfying than sitting around waiting for something to happen. And it doesn't just break when things get hard because things are always going to have some hard, right? You're always going to have some, some really tough spots. That's the nature of being a person. And it's not going to cast me into some kind of funk of self-doubt. It's going to empower hope and action. And so what I hope in just sharing this today is perhaps just this way of thinking about things will do the same for you as well. So as I said, I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait to see the final cut. It should be getting to me soon. Uh, you can sign up to see the finished film for free at theabundancecode.com. The launch week starts on June 21st. Um, and I, you know, from what I know about it and from what I know of the people involved, I think it's going to be quite valuable. So I'm excited. I'm curious, and, um, and I think you should check it out. That's it for today, and I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.